0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
1: Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here to talk to you about my friends over at savewithconrad.com. Are you looking to get out of debt? Conrad and his team can make that happen faster than me firing the Hockey Talk Man. Wow. And you know that controversy creates cash, right? Do you know what doesn't create cash? Credit card debt. Save with Conrad can help you consolidate high interest credit cards and all of your other debt into one low monthly payment. They can even help you get the cash you need for home improvements or anything else. They've helped 83 weeks listeners save $500, $600, $700, even $800 a month. Seriously, your papers are going to go down faster than Nitro ratings in 2000. Ouch! And how about this? No house payments for two months. That's right, no house payments for two months. And unlike the dirt sheets, man, the reviews do not lie. With over 1,000 five-star reviews, find out for yourself how much Conrad and his team can save you by checking out SaveWithConrad.com today. Be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing
2: Lender, woo! Welcome to WHW Monday, Tony Schiavone and Conrad. Thompson. Jim Crockett, First Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, The Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Tag Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South, Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends, thought they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split on. Center stage, Bishop, Disney Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and the Crow, Thunder Russo, Arcad Champ, Minnie Mac, Simulcast, Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast, watch a lot, try not to laugh, Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom's like, a good looking man, like Bill, make a champ. Tommy, come
3: over here! What happened when? win? WHW Monday! And now, let's go to the ring! And here's your co-host. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad
0: Thompson. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to what happened when with a little bonus action, Tony Schiavone is still on the road, man. You guys have spent a lot of time in Canada. If you're a part of that AEW crew and Tony is unable to record this week. So as a result. We're going to bring you a couple of little bonus pieces of content that you normally hear over on the WHW Patreon. That's right, there's a Patreon specifically for WHW. It's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And coming up first, we've got a bonus podcast from over four years ago. We've been at this quite a while, from February of 2019. Joe Pierce up in New Jersey suggested that we watch the main event cage match from SummerSlam 1990. This was peak fandom for me. I had an absolute blast watching professional wrestling in 1990. I mean, WrestleMania six Hulk Hogan versus the ultimate warrior. Two of my favorites, Hulk Hogan, of course, loses the ultimate warrior somehow becomes the man and his first big challenger that summer. Who else than ravishing Rick rude, but this was a different Rick rude. He'd cut his hair. He had a new look. He had a new attitude and he had a new place on the card in the main event inside of that big blue cage, SummerSlam 1990, uh, our man, Joe over on Patreon says, I still remember the awesome rude vignettes leading up to this with him, working out the match itself, the aftermath with rude, leaving the WWF. Plus I think this was. The first major pay-per-view after Tony went back to WCW. I think that's right. I think WrestleMania six was sort of a swan song for Tony. And this would have been the first pay-per-view without Tony Schiavone on it. And I do believe that there was a little discrepancy with the payoff. I don't guess Rick was thrilled with his pay for this show and, uh, just unhappy with his lot in life. He winds up jumping ship and joining WCW following Tony Schiavone down there. Uh, notice if you're going to watch this match along with us how beat up the world title is too man that belt was just totally beat it's the blue strap for the winged eagle for uh the ultimate warrior and my goodness man it had been put through the ringer and you could see why after the match you'll see the warrior climb on the cage and start slinging it around his head Uh, but this build was fantastic as a reminder this is sort of a a double main event type thing. We've got earthquake versus Hulk Hogan on the undercard, but of course the world title goes on last and it is with the big blue cage, just a phenomenal time to be a fan, at least for me. And I too, remember those promos of a totally different Rick rude, all those workout vignettes and things like that. Um, this was just a great time in my fandom. So I'm excited to revisit this. We will be back next week. Tony and I are trying to make plans to record this weekend. Uh, I just want to give you guys a heads up. That is a little more challenging than it used to be as you've probably figured out by now, Tony Schiavone on the Wednesday show and on the Saturday show. So normally we could always count on recording uh, either first thing, Saturday morning, or first thing, Sunday morning. That's a little different, uh, and a little more challenging when he doesn't come home, <laughs> you know, so it's one of those deals where it's a little tough, uh, but we're going to make it happen. Apologize, uh, in advance that, that we're not able to deliver brand new content this week, but for most of you. You've never heard this before, and this is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So here we go. And stay tuned. We've got another piece of business coming up after SummerSlam 1990. It's a big show, guys. It's what happened when. Tony Schiavone. Here we go. SummerSlam 1990.
3: Patreon subscribers are our friends. They stick with us through thick and thin. They're fond of the silly shit we do. If you don't like it, then screw you. We chat each Monday with video and have some fun, don't you know? And twice a month we'll settle in, do something special just for them. It's bonus podcast time. It's bonus podcast time. It's bonus podcast time. It's bonus podcast time. We'll watch the Shows with you, if you're Catholic, Protestant, or Jew, it's bonus podcast time. Can't think of anything else that rhymes. One of our bonus podcasts here for the month of February comes from our good buddy Joe Pierce from up in New Jersey. Joe, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right, Tony. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being with us on Patreon. We're having a lot a lot of fun, and uh, you being from New Jersey, uh, that's where he grew up. Is am I am I saying that right?
4: Yep, born and raised in a town called Marlton, New Jersey, about 10, 15 minutes away from Philly. And uh, my my parents were smart enough to jump over the bridge and get out of the crap hole they grew up in. And right, uh right. <laughs> wasn't a bad life. <laughs> you know,
3: I, I found out that there's kind of really two parts. Maybe there's more than two parts. But what I realized, two parts of New Jersey. My son lives in Jersey City, which is the New York part. And you, oh, live, yeah. you live down in South uh, Jersey, which is the Philadelphia part, right?
4: Yeah, So, and we both can agree, North and South Jersey, that— Central New Jersey doesn't really exist, so people <laughs> try to say that it does, but yeah, it really should be two states.
3: So being from New Jersey, which, which tells me you grew up a fan of the WWF, and, and that's why you have selected SummerSlam 1990 uh, and the Rick Rude match with the Ultimate Warrior in the Steel Cage. Talk about that for us.
4: So that was, I guess, the first really big match that I went to. So, you know, they always, the WWF always ran the spectrum pretty constantly, and right. Uh, growing up, from when I was three years old, there was a station uh, in Philly. It was like a pay TV, almost like a HBO, called Prism. Right. And the WWE would run shows there probably every month. i would, You probably called a couple of them. Uh, there was almost like an MSG live event show. Right. And you know, I remember watching from gosh, like eighty-three, eighty-four on, and uh, talked found out the Summer Slam was going to be in Philly, and. It's kinda of weird. I think if it was a Monday night, if I remember correctly, I was about ten years old and uh Monday night pay-per-view, which was kinda of odd. Sure. But uh yeah, my my dad got me tickets. Uh you know, we went with my friend and it was it was awesome. And the build up to the match is what really brought me, I, I guess, you know, really looking forward to it. They kind of built it like a prize fight. They had all these vignettes before the event. Uh you know, Rick Rude, you know, worked his ass off to try to sell the match. He and Bobby Heenan right. had all these things where, you know, he's climbing the rope and running on the beach. And, sure. you know, they had uh, those hand pads with the warrior's face on it and Rick Rude's punching the hell out of it. And it was just cool. They tried to make it like a big event and Rick Rude finally uh, cut his mullet at that point. And uh, Why? It, it was, it was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, they, they went and did it in the cage and, you know, as I guess was the case with Ultimate Warrior, who only really had two really good matches that I remember—one <laughs> uh, being WrestleMania six and the other WrestleMania seven. You know, match didn't really live up to it, but it was just a awesome spectacle and you know, just a, a cool event in general.
3: You know, what was funny is, and and by the way, we're going to uh, ask ask everyone to uh, rack the show up at the beginning of the Hulk Hogan earthquake match. So we'll we'll actually we'll do two matches, uh, in the matches you suggested. What, it, what is kind of odd about this show, really, if you think about it, was this is the first pay-per-view in a long time, really, with Hulk Hogan not on top, right?
4: Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, that was after the, the brilliant marketing campaign from the WWF where Earthquake uh, squashed Hulk Hogan and Typhoons, or Tugboats, telling him to uh, send in cards. But, you know, right. WWF was just using it to sell, send merchandise catalogs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was... It, it was weird, and you know, you watch it, and you know, Vince McMahon, I think, still knew that Hulk Hogan was his bread and butter at that point. Because in the build-up, they always showed the Hulk Hogan Earthquake match first in the build-up, and then he's like, and also Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude, and you, you could tell that kind of, uh, you know, Warrior would only have the belt until that Royal Rumble. So I think he saw that Hulk Hogan was still his number one guy, and sure. Warrior wasn't really doing it. But uh yeah, it, it was it, i remember hating the earthquake uh Hulk Hogan match when I watched it, mm-hmm. being totally underwhelmed by it. Uh you know, I, I think my favorite match on that card was uh Demolition versus the Hearts for the tag team titles and the Mr. Perfect versus Kerry von Eric match for the Intercontinental Belt was also really good. Wow. But, but yeah, it was a pretty good card overall. But yeah. Some good stuff.
3: All right, so we're going to go back and watch SummerSlam uh, 1990. We're going to watch Hogan and Earthquake. We're going to watch The the Ultimate Warrior and a Ravishing Rick Rude in a cage. And it's right before Rick Rude left and went to uh, WCW. And uh, so there's a lot of good things in that. Uh, Joe, uh, tell us what you do uh, in the uh, New Jersey area.
4: Well, I'm actually uh, kind of by city at this point. I, I, I go down to Baltimore and I work uh, every day as a uh, commercial sales manager for a company called Northeastern supply. We're plumbing and HVAC supply house. Right. So I sell potties for a living. And, uh, we, uh, and then I go back home, uh, to Jersey on the weekends. Okay. So my kids up there and my girlfriend, so just kind of do my thing. And, uh, yeah, not, not bad.
3: Well, Joe, we appreciate you really do, man. It means a lot to us. you be with us on Patreon. Great suggestion. I think everybody on Patreon would agree it's it's a it's a great show. As a matter of fact, just let you know, and Conrad's going to talk about it. This was his favorite show of all time, Summerslam 1999. No yeah, how about that for a redneck from Alabama? Yeah, hey, that's
4: pretty awesome. Yeah, and it is. It would have been even better if you called it, but you 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 had already run down south, and think uh, it yes. was supposed to be Vince Ventura, but you know he he got he had to fight with Vince McMahon right before this with uh, the Sega video game, and right. he left left right before that, so. Wow. You know, we ended up with, uh, McMahon and Hot Rod. So that was a interesting announcing team too.
3: You got a good memory in all this, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for everything. Good talking to you. My best to your family too. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Take care.
2: Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Kyle Arcade, 605 NWA TV title, Cajun, I'll need the bunkhouse stampede. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty Express, Tag Team, Turner, Bodden, Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling
3: Talking about the
2: great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim rocket Promotions. Tony and Friends, what they win? Look, Shivani's back again World title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan and Nitro, New World Order and The Crow, Thunder Russo, Arcade yeah, Vinnie Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch a try, not to laugh. Lois rules can't This wasn't the initial plan. Tom's like a good-looking man. Quite like Bill, make a chair.
1: Rick Rude in the confines of a steel cage
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Happened When? From the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and man, are we excited for this? Are we not?
3: Tony Schiavone? We really are Conrad. Hey everybody, it's another bonus podcast here only on Patreon and our uh, good friends our low key big hogs who suggested it. This comes from Joseph Pierce who is from New Jersey in Palmyra, New Jersey and Joseph said, "I want to see Rick Rude in a steel cage against The Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam of 1990 and we're going to actually uh, Joe going to add on to that. We're going to be talking about both of those main events. Uh the main events you just heard Vince McMahon talk about, Earthquake and Hogan and then Rude and the Ultimate Warrior.
0: Before we get there, we want to tell everybody to fire up SummerSlam 1990 on your WWE network and jump to 1 hour 51 minutes and 26 seconds. I want to give you that time code one more time. We want you to go to SummerSlam 1990, you can find it in your vault, it happened on August 27th, 1990. One of my favorite shows ever and your time code is simple. It's 26. That's one hour fifty one minutes and twenty six seconds. And uh, Tony, without further ado,
3: man, I said, we get into the show. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And this is going to start right after Hulk Hogan's pre tape interview with Mean Gene Okerlund uh, with the big boss man at his side. And here we go. Uh, we start out on the wide shot here in three, two, one, play.
0: So Philadelphia, at- clearly a WWE town. Obviously you guys had great success there with the NWA. They were big NWA fans. It's a wrestling town. In fact, of course the home of ECW, but being in the Northeast boy, they had some big shows from the WWF and this is a big one. And this is an interesting time in the company because as you and I talked about off air, it's really one of the first major
3: pay-per-views where Hulk Hogan's not in the main event. Yeah, it's a Hulk Hogan was in the main event prior to this at WrestleMania against the ultimate warrior. He ended up being in the, in the, uh, the finals of, uh, the, uh, uh, Royal Rumble. And of course, all through 1989, he was, uh, the world champion, but here he is in the, uh, in the match prior to that. Uh, Joe Pierce said in his, uh, email that he sent us that, uh, I still remember the awesome Rude vignettes leading up to this match with him working out the match itself and the aftermath with Rude leaving the WWF. I think it was because he didn't like his payoff from Vince. He remembers. So we'll talk about that in a moment, but, uh. Here comes a big boss man who is going to second Hulk Hogan in this match. How about this for a storyline? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's one of your favorite opponents for Hulk Hogan, but here, uh, they're actually, uh, together in the same corner. So how about them apples?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, gosh, only probably like six months after he and Hogan, not even a year after he and Hogan had that great run of theirs. And now this is when Hulkamania was.
0: I love this camera shot. One of my favorite style camera shots. Uh, Bruce actually told me the name of the cameraman, uh, but I forget, but this was such a fucking cool shot, the way they run down the aisle and then zoom up to him. He seems larger than life. And I think off to the left there, very briefly, he's no longer in the camera shot. You saw Vince with his vest on and and the long white shirt and the tie, but, but no jacket. I just wanted to see what this looked like and. It's a little interesting too, because Hogan used to come out dripping in oil and water and here he looks a little drier than normal.
3: I know now, as a result of the ultimate warrior, becoming the world champion, didn't you say business was down a little bit after that, or that was not a good move to make. It
0: was not business was down a little bit. They wanted to give Hogan some time off. He had a baby on the way and, and he needed to take, take a break, take a back seat. They wanted to try. Hey, what's next? I think around this time, Vince realized, you know what? So much of my business has been reliant on this guy for like five years. Maybe I should see if I could try to fucking get somebody else over. And that person was Jim Helwig, the ultimate warrior character, which clearly caught fire, but for whatever reason with him on top, it just didn't resonate. Uh, wrestling fans and, and casual fans and mainstream media, certainly we uh, were not there for warrior the way they were for Hogan. There was something about Hogan's charisma and presence and interviews that really connected on a mainstream level. So they had more opportunities with him than they did with the ultimate warrior. And some of that Bruce has actually blamed on the way warrior would handle people. He, he talks about the slim Jim shoot where the ultimate warrior had the slim Jim endorsement. Not a lot of people talk about that because they don't remember it, but it was a horrible failure and flop even during the shoot. He's having to snap into the slim Jims. He would spit them into a spittoon and talk about, he's not putting this horse shit in his body and the people who are paying him to do the commercial for slim Jim are standing right there. Mm. Uh, so clearly just, he wasn't connecting the dots. And at this point he's even Vince, I mean, trying something different with the earthquake character earthquake was recruited from out of the crowd to do a, a feed of strength concept. And he was supposed to just be a quote unquote fat fan and then of course he became a star attacking hulk hogan on the set of the brother love show squishing him and then they did a letter writing campaign which has become a really really uh passé thing but back then pre-email pre-web you needed a way to communicate with your fan base so what they asked people to do is send your your well wishes to hulk hogan at this address And then Hulk Hogan would send you a postcard in return. Of course, they were all pre-stamped and and just printed that way. There was nothing authentic about the signature or whatever. But what they did is they grew their mailing list. So then they could send WWF catalogs to buy merchandise and market their pay-per-view. So uh, pretty genius and, and innovative. And it showed that Vince was willing to try new things because that type of marketing had not previously been done in wrestling. You know, they would do some radio. They would do some newspaper. They would do some TV. They would certainly put the posters up around town. But the idea of doing a mailing list uh, and and back in these days, lots of guys outside of wrestling were making tens of millions of dollars with mailing lists and selling products by mail order. And Vince was really the first one to capitalize on that.
4: Yeah.
3: And look, look what they got now. I mean, my God, you know, if you subscribe to the WWE network, which is where we're watching this. And by the way, it's five years old. Uh, you get emails every day from them. You do about something. At least I do. Well, I you know,
0: they're, they're marketing their stuff and they figured it out that there is a science to it, but this was very much in the infancy of that, but they were willing to try things. And one of the things they tried, and you've talked about this a lot is the way they would light the crowd. And you, know, you see these light pockets and these dark pockets, but it does show you just the scale and size and scope of the arena and nobody else in wrestling was really doing that. They looked at that as, you know, a waste of money, but Vince clearly did not. And, uh, another thing I want to mention here is that the brother love character was super hot here. And there is a, a cool little uh, postcard and and trading card type thing that was sent to all the cable systems and and floated around Philadelphia. It's like a a fun little collectible for the brother love character, because this is Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Mm -hmm. So they really papered the audience here and the market with that. Uh, which, you know, obviously the brother love character had, had heat here, but the idea that it was the city of brotherly love always made me chuckle because it's like the most basic fucking, well, what if, and, and for whatever reason it worked and it got over and this is an era when pay-per-views are a lot more affordable, but the process was so much more difficult. And younger fans may not realize this who just growing up their whole life where you just press a button on your remote control two minutes before it starts or 10 minutes after it starts and ta-da, you're there. Back in this day, you had to order it ahead of time. You had to go to your cable system, your cable operator. You had to get a little device or a box and bring it to your house and actually screw things into the back of your TV in order to I mean, make it work. It's, it's fascinating how much that technology has changed.
3: You know, I think Hulk's doing a hell of a job here of making this. And I think both are doing a hell of a job but he's doing a hell of a job of making this guy seem bigger than life and stronger and a guy he can't pick up. And now he's finally going to wind up and he's got the big guy, you know, finally got him down. That that's just, uh, you know, yeah. so many people say Hulk Hogan was a, not that great of a worker, but he's working a pretty good little match here.
0: You know, one of the things that I've learned in wrestling is, um, not to judge what I think of the match or, or what's going on because, I watched wrestling a lot with my daughter and I would think something was fucking horrible and she loved it. Right. And so then I realized, you know what, let me just stop being so arrogant. Maybe everything's not for me. And maybe there's some other stuff that, that is in here for somebody else. And Eric Bischoff says that wrestling should be a good wrestling shows like a buffet. And that was the advice he gave to Cody when he was you know, thinking about doing AEW. He said, Hey man, you need to have. A buffet, something for everybody. And I've heard Dusty Rhodes use the analogy that, you know, a good wrestling card is a lot like the circus. You've got your trapeze artist, you got your line tamer, you got your clowns, you got something for everybody, but the, the sentiment is the same. And so maybe where you think, oh man, this whole Kogan shit, this is lame. How about look at the crowd Yeah, and they were into it. And so now I've stopped judging whether something gets over or not, not so much based on what I think about it, but. Hey, what's the crowd think? And if the crowd's into it, it
3: it, it worked. It got over. Exactly. So you would consider yourself somewhat of a wrestling snob.
0: No, I'm not a wrestling snob. I just think, you know, we all have what we like. And so Mm -hmm. like there's songs that are really popular right now that they come on. I'm like, fuck this. (laughs) Like, like Mrs. Thompson loves post Malone. Post Malone has go away heat with me. Like He's (laughs) like fucking, he's like Brutus, the fucking beefcake,
5: you know? (laughs) No.
0: We're not. No, I'm out. And so Turn, any, anytime oh. he comes on, I'm like, nope, change the channel. Meanwhile, she loves him. And then I look at his sales and I look at his following and I look at the revenue generated and I'm like, okay,
3: Post Malone's not for me, but that motherfucker's over. There you go. So you got an open mind is what you say.
0: Yeah. Like I always thought you were the shits as an announcer, but then whenever we do these live shows, you know, people are like, oh, you're the voice of my childhood. And I'm like, well, you grew up shitty. Cause Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were the man.
3: Mm, Okay. You know, that's good to know. It's good to know that I can change your mind. Did he tap out right there? This is before tapping out was a thing. Okay.
0: Tapping out didn't really get popular until the UFC. And so what he was trying to do is get fans into it. You know, like go Ricky, go, Mm. go Ricky. You know what? Y'all used to
3: do. Right. I, I get it.
0: By the way, let me just tell you, um, I don't know that me and you've ever even talked about this. But one of the things that always was like, that's kind of weird to me is whenever Hulk got squished on the brother love show, the person who went on TV and told us to support Hulk and say your prayers and eat your vitamins and write him a get well, wish and blah, blah, blah. The person who did that was tugboat. And so that's really the first time we sort of saw tugboat as like a Hulk Hogan super friend. And he was the one who was so devastated and so hurt by the Hulkster getting squished. And so then I always wondered like here at SummerSlam, like, well, why is boss man in this corner? Why isn't tugboat there? Mm. And Bruce Pritchard revealed in a very early episode of something to wrestle that that's because the original plan was to have tugboat turn heel on Hulk Hogan, and he was going to headline WrestleMania seven against Hulk Hogan. As a, I can't believe this is real, mm. but a Saudi sympathizer.
3: Oh, An my Iraqi God.
0: sympathizer. And he was going to call himself Sheikh Tugboat. Huh. Now, thankfully, they came to their senses and they went with Sergeant Slaughter, and that shit didn't get over either. They huh. moved from the Coliseum to the, the sports arena. You know, obviously going from a stadium to an arena, not nearly the same revenue, not nearly the same crowd. And they would lie. And Bruce still bullshits and says, "Oh, it's safety concerns." Well, no, you didn't sell any fucking tickets because you had a bad idea. Yeah. But Hulk Hogan and Slaughter were on top. But originally, it would have been Hulk Hogan and Chic Tugboat, so they didn't feel like he could be in the corner here and then turn right after. So they wanted to position somebody else in this spot instead. Huh. But that was the original idea. Chic Tugboat. Yeah. What shitty name? Well, I mean, it didn't happen. You know, instead <laughs> Tugboat would turn heel. And Mm -hmm. team with, um, John Tenta here, and it would be earthquake and typhoon, and they would become the natural disasters instead, which I don't know was much better because I always liked earthquake as a single. And I know that a lot of people have been critical of him saying, oh, well, this is the land of the giants and he's not muscular, but I mean, how's it any different than like King Kong Bundy? I'll tell you how John Tenta could work.
3: And he's working a pretty damn good match here. He really, really is. This My is least
0: good. favorite big guy spot though, is this one. Oh, I love it. He, he tore the pocket right off. Now he's telling the rest of the shirt. I love he went back for more cause that was clearly a planned spot. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. I know you don't like the, you don't like the bear hug. No, it's terrible.
0: Now I, I, I'll support this version better. I think that's how Efren's going to jump in your arms at our low-key big hog get together. Wow. Hey, I wanted to mention whenever I see a torn pocket in wrestling, I think of Bobby Heenan. Have we talked about why?
3: Uh, no, but I think I know where you're going with this.
0: Flair told me once he went to a gentleman's club. You in the loop on that? A gentleman's club?
3: Yeah, I've, I've never been to one with Flair, <clears throat> but I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. So he
0: uh, he's there with Heenan, mm-hmm. and Heenan is like, I don't know what these girls think is so special. Bunch of them running around here with a little torn pocket.
3: That's Bobby Heenan. A
0: torn pocket. All right, Flair could barely deliver the line to me without laughing, and I have to admit, I even had to think. About it. I'm like, "What the fuck? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, never mind." Mm-hmm. By the way, I love this as a setup for the move—the jumping around. Right. I wonder yes. who helped think of that. Was that Pat Patterson?
3: It had to be, because
0: it really does give you a signal of what's coming,
3: and that's got to be it, right?
0: Well, I mean, you would think. But you know and what, th- maybe he's going to do another one for good measure.
3: Yeah. Dino Bravo came up on the apron, got him down. Tenta could have maybe s- could have got the win right there. Maybe. I don't know. It said, okay, we'll do it a second time. There he goes. Here we go. One, two. And look at
0: Hogan. There you go. Look at the crowd. Yes, sir. I know some people say it's Hokey, but look at the crowd. He's hulking up, man. And I want to point out this is the first pay per view since WrestleMania six where Hogan was dethroned. It's now the Ultimate Warriors yard. And uh the fans are still here to see Hulk Hogan no matter what match he's in.
3: Mm hmm. And when he he does the same thing every time. And when he points at him, fuck man, block the go punch. F- nuts. Yeah.
0: Supposed to block the punch, then throw another <laughs> one. They didn't do that though. He didn't get it up. Maybe yeah. Right here. There it is. One. Here comes number two and then number three and then of the ropes. Three. <laughs> now of the ropes. Here comes the big boot. Here comes the leg drop. Oh, is it going to take a second big boot? Probably. Cause he's earthquake. Oh, a body slam. They're trying oh, to replicate hi. the Andre deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fat. Let's see if I can get him up. Here we go. Brace yourself, John. Thank you. Oh, got him. <laughs> And <laughs> scene. Oh, but the Come referee's on, rip, distracted. Oh, Jimmy Hart. I, <laughs> he's not going to let you manage one of his stores. We're not going to talk about that fucking Tiki deck. I don't care how world famous it is. Y'all got beer <laughs> in cans. We don't care. You can't do that to, oh, there you go.
3: <laughs> oh, very cool. By the hey, way, let's I just see. realized
0: my youngest dog looks just like Jimmy Hart.
3: Wow. They just shot Dino Bravo outside the ring.
0: Yeah. Well, he's used to that.
3: Yeah.
0: Hey, when did you find out? Was that something y'all talked about a lot in WCW that there was a mob hit that happened in the WWF? Uh,
3: we did talk about Dino Bravo and a mob hit. Yeah. Oh, how about this? This
0: is how early is this right here? Hmm. A table spot in 1990. Shit. ECW, ECW, (laughs) ECW. ECW suck it, Sabu. There it is. (laughs) Hulk Hogan wins by count out. Yeah. And the fans love it. How come, how come normally, or these days when there's two guys on the outside of the ring and they're counting and one guy slides in, they stop and start the count over. How come here? Hogan got the win. I feel like the fix is in,
3: well, it probably was, but now trying, by the way, this was
0: earthquakes only shot here. Look at this. Not a, not a chair, a fucking step stool. Oh my god. Now here's what sucks though. Even <laughs> though that's his step stool, he loved it like it was his own. Uh, I stole that from an Ellen DeGeneres show. I don't care. So a <laughs> step stool, like let's run through that. Everybody's yeah. out here fucking crediting ECW with this and <laughs> that. Are we not in Philadelphia? Mm. Did we not just use a chair shot, aka stool shot, which I think Efren's got planned for you, and a table spot? Of course we did. Yes, we did. Look at the welts on Tenta's back. By the way, no, sold all that, but
3: that's serious. Man, that you know what that makes that, don't you? It makes that a redheaded step stool. Yeah, I guess it does. Mm Hmm. Jimmy Hart walking back with it. By the way, whenever
0: people say I look like John Tenta, I call bullshit. I have my hair.
3: No, you don't. You don't look like John Tenta. I'm
0: more of an Akeem.
3: Right. Now, Loch Ness Monster, maybe. John Tenta, no.
0: You know, I was uh, thinking the other day about the most descriptive word I could use for you.
3: Because, Oh, Jesus. Go ahead. Cocksucker. (laughs) Yeah. How dare ye? Fans are enjoying this, and we're going to do a little uh, Hulk Hogan posing here with. uh,
0: Hogan must pose, baby.
3: Yeah, you're not kidding. I remember hearing JR say, Ain't nobody doing any posing here, trying to cover up a bald spot, back when he was calling in 89 when he was calling WCW, and, and I was laughing at him in the WWF. So this is the summer of 1990 and I was pretty much a miserable prick at this time. Yeah. You're,
0: you're trying to jack off a robot named RoboCop, right?
3: Yes, I was. So how miserable do you think I am?
0: Uh, serious business. I've always wanted to know this. How big was RoboCop's
3: tick? Uh, well, it wasn't as big as you may think. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was kind of like a telescope.
0: Oh, so so it got bigger,
3: right? Michael Hayes yeah.
0: told me once it gets bigger if you put it in your mouth. I don't know what that means, but
3: <laughs> neither do I. As a matter of fact, well, you do now thanks to Blue. Oh no, it's Patreon. The Spectrum, boy, what a legendary place this was, and it's funny that you know through all the years of WCW, we could never run the Spectrum; we had to run the Philadelphia Civic Center. And then after we Hogan came aboard and we got the NWO and started to get real hot back in the nineties, we ended up running the spectrum. And I always thought, man, what a, what does that say about our business? What does that say about WCW that after all these years of not being able to crack the door of the spectrum that here we are running it?
0: Well, more importantly, what does it say about Hulk Hogan?
3: Exactly. You know, I don't
0: think enough people really, and I know it's popular and invoked up, Hey Hulk Hogan, but you know what? you hate hogan how about fuck off yeah you know we're gonna to agree to disagree and and i know people say oh he said this oh he said that i ain't talking about the real dude i'm talking about the kid i grew up i mean the guy i grew up watching as a kid right and and, and i don't know what type of dude adam west was or michael keaton was but those motherfuckers were batman when i was little and that was awesome right well i'm talking about hulk hogan don't hit me with some terry belay bullshit i'm talking about hulk hogan. tony soprano was a badass character I don't know. Fuck all about James Gandolfini. You
3: know what I mean? I know what you mean. And there a lot of people your age who agrees with you. They may not be on social media that agrees with you or may not have written in dirt sheets and agrees with you. But remember the match that you and I did Hulk Hogan against the rock. Yeah. All look, those guys, buddy.
0: Look at that crowd. And look at what it's, what all it's influence. Just their, that the the influence of that match on the business. I mean. You know, Cody Rhodes and the young bucks and guys like that I point to that as being their favorite match and, and a whole generation of wrestlers that age I agree with them. And, you know, I, I've been taking the task on Twitter for my unabashed support of Hulk Hogan. And I, and I just, I just take it on the chin. Like, Hey man, I don't care what you say. I ain't backing up on this at all. I'm a huge fan of Hulk Hogan. I grew up on Hulk Hogan. I understand Terry Leah said this for that. And I don't care. I, I, I hey, maybe it makes me a bad guy. I understand. I'm not supporting that guy. I didn't grow up cupping my ear and flexing and saying, daddy, is Terry Belaya going to be on TV tonight?
2: Mm-hmm. No, this
0: is a fucking character, man. And, and, and this day, especially man, wrestling was presented almost more cartoon like, you know, I mean, these are larger than life characters who brought snakes to the ring or, or, you know, birds to the ring. I mean, just silly shit. And by the way, how great is Rick rude here?
3: Jesus. Talking about a a 12 pack or a six pack or whatever pack you want to talk, take a look at his upper body.
0: Not just that, but he's changed his look here too. You know, he's been mulleted for so long right? and he's coming back here. He's changed his training regimen. He looks better than ever. He's got a haircut. They positioned him very seriously. Of course, he had always been positioned as more of a mid card guy, an intercontinental guy, if you will, but he had a memorable feud with the ultimate warrior. So it was a natural fit that they rekindle that feud, but this time for the big belt. And, um, yeah, this is going to be the beginning of the end for Rick root here in the WWF. He is, uh, feeling like it's his turn to be champion. He's twice the worker that warrior is that warriors making more money and doing less work because these matches are only even passable because of him, not because of warrior. And he's sort of helping along the guy who can't work, but that guy's making more money than him and he takes it personally and. He winds up in WCW and, and we know the rest of the story. But this combination, even though Rude wasn't really a big fan of having Bobby Heenan as a manager, I thought he really brought something to Rick Rude. Not that Rick Rude wasn't enough on his own, but we were so accustomed to Bobby Heenan being across from Hulk Hogan that it made it feel almost like, you know, hey, I'm. I'm the big evil boss here trying to take down the superhero. And if this guy can't do it, maybe that one can. Hey, what do you think? Big dusty Rhodes is saying here,
3: but Rhodes saying, uh, here, uh, uh, what would he be saying here? Maybe be talking about the fact that he had a match a little bit. De- Who'd he wrestle? million dollar man earlier yeah. in this show? Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Million dollar man. Well, let me say this, that I had million dollars. And I've lost a million dollars. But the fact is that I'm going to be going back to WCW within a year. And I'm going to be booking at WCW once again because I'm a booker. I'm a genius, don't you know? Not only am I a genius, but let me say this. My son, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes right now, who's just a little baby boy, is going to be a genius in this business as well. And is going to continue the Rhodes family. He may call himself Cody Runnels. He may call himself the American Nightmare, but the fact is that our intelligence runs deep because I, in the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and I know that Cody Rhodes, Cody Runnels, the American Nightmare, if you will, will have this real beautiful wife. will run a company and will get Vince McMahon scared to death, scared to death that somebody out there is going to be after his ass. I was after his yes ass at one time, Vince, when I ran... NWA and Jim Crockett promotions, and we're going to be after your ass again one day. Look at the poster in the
0: background. You see who's standing beside Hulk Hogan? Tugboat, mm-hmm. oh. but not here. Wow. And there's old Whale Rope himself. Tell everybody why you call Lord Alfred Hayes Whale Rope.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes was known, the legend was, was much like Colonel Robert Parker uh, and much like the Nature Boy Ric Flair.
0: A great wrestler
3: that's what it was, Huh? no, he was a good wrestler. Yeah, too. But, but you know that as a shoot, he was maybe the nicest, one of the nicest guys I've ever met until I met you. But he really was one of the nicest guys I'd ever met.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying I'm nicer than Lord Alfred Hayes.
3: As nice as.
0: Okay. Okay. You call me a dick every week
3: on the show. <laughs> well, no, that's just because at, at that time, when I call you a dick on the show, you deserve it.
0: Well, let let me, let me say this. What if, what if I was to suggest this, Mm, that in real life, I'm a real nice guy. But when we click record, Mm. I sometimes portray a dick on the show.
3: Well, sometimes. Yes, I would think so. Now, sometimes
0: I'm also a dick in real life.
3: Right. How about this? Hulk Hogan
0: doing the double bicep pose, even though it's not necessary, but we're killing time while they put the cage up. Uh, you, you said something about, uh, well, very recently that we had to bleep out of the show. Why don't you make good for it here and tell us what Hogan's saying.
3: (laughs) I just want to say this brother, that my wife may have left me for a younger man, but I am still Hulk Hogan and dusty Rose was out here a few moments ago, talking about how he led Jim Crockett promotions and he pushed Vince McMahon. The fact is, is that WCW will never be anything at all. Until I become a part of WCW. Until I become Eric Bischoff's friend. And then I'll do exactly like I did here. I'll take all the money. I'll take all the glory. I'll have all the big payoffs. I'll have the most merchandise. And I won't even wear the red and the yellow. I'll wear it at the beginning. (laughs) I'll wear it at the beginning. But then I'll wear the black and the white. And I will run the the New World Order because Mean Gene, I know you're going to follow me in. I yeah well, exactly right. I'm going to follow you in Hulk because I've followed you my entire life. That's right. Take a look at these biceps. Would you, I'm going to be the man that resurrects WCW and that's going to be way before it gets fucked over by Brad Siegel and the people that hired up a Turner because Turner has no idea how to run wrestling. At least they didn't back in the nineties, but Hey, four horsemen, three horsemen, two horsemen, one horseman. There are no horsemen as far as I'm concerned. You can horsemen all you want, but until I get the WCW, it won't be shit. And what you going to do when Hulk Hogan runs not only the WWF, but runs WCW, runs wild on you. He's still going. Oh, yes. And i would also like to say this. I love Conrad Thompson. Well, he doesn't necessarily like Terry Bollea. He likes Hulk Hogan. That's right. The character Hulk Hogan. Wow.
0: I know I'm going to get all kinds of shit for saying I like Hulk Hogan. I don't care.
3: Uh, no, you're not. We're on Patreon with our friends. Nah, Send me your fucking hate tweets. I don't care.
0: Uh, hey, hey, it's Conrad. Hulk Hogan's a man.
3: Whoa, yeah. man. Was Piper the color guy on this one?
0: Well, no, he's just, it's a figment of your fucking imagination. It's a goddamn well, maybe- <laughs> hologram.
3: Well, maybe I, I, I was just thinking maybe he was just seeing now, you're, you're pretending you're a prick again. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. What am I? Maybe he was just sitting in. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it would have been Hang on, Hang on. Hang on.
0: What am I pretending to be?
3: What's that? What am I pretending to be a, a prick? No, nope. a dick.
0: No. Nope. Say it right.
3: A cocksucker. No. The first word
0: you said, you didn't oh. say it fast enough. Okay. Prick. Prick. <laughs> I don't Pretend know. to wh- be a prick. <laughs> oh, there you go. Pretending to be a prick. I guess. I don't know why it just tickles me to say that. By the way, this big blue cage used to be at reside at the Briscoe Brothers Auto Body Shop in Tampa. It's worth the drive,
2: right?
0: Yeah, our great close personal friend Jeff Jones suggested, "Hey, why don't you get Jerry to send us the big blue cage for Starcast?" Uh huh. And I'm like, "Do you know how much that would fucking cost?" Jesus. And he's what? like, "I don't know. It would be cool." I'm like, yeah, it would be cool, but. Why don't we just fucking
3: get a rocket ship there too? Yeah. Tell Jeff Jones to rent a truck and drive down and get it.
0: By the way, Sean Mooney still has that same haircut.
3: Yeah, he does. Sean, Sean doesn't look that much different now.
0: Who would have thought that everybody in this shot would be dead except Sean Mooney. I don't know what you're thinking. Jimmy Hart's not dead. We'll see for yourself down at the world famous Tiki bar. Jimmy Hart's bar and world famous Tiki deck. You know, they got beer and cans, baby. And they got a special tonight on beans and taters. And Hey, you need to go ahead and start your drive right now because come August, I want you to know they got the NFL Sunday ticket. Hey, do you live in, uh, Las Vegas and you're not able to go watch football live, no big deal, jump in your car 37 hours later, boom. You can watch them Raiders all day long and drink beer on cans. Cause they're right on the beach, baby.
3: At Jimmy Hart's world-famous bar and Tiki deck, Jimmy going, Jimmy going, just balls out here too. You know, we, I, I talked to Jimmy and, uh, Jimmy wanted to, uh, I said, Jimmy, let uh, we want to come to our podcast there. He said, yeah, baby, you need to do it during bike week. You need to do it during, during the Daytona 500 week. And, uh, or he said, no, you, we don't want to do it during the bike week or Daytona 500 week. We want to do it when it's dead, you know, but you and I want to do it when people are there.
0: No, no, no. I want to do it when it's dead so we can draw them a crowd. Okay. I'm going to do it when it's just us. So it's our listeners who are going to come in and support us. I don't want you to get intimidated and a little shy when you walk in and it's a bunch of bikers and you're like, oh, all these guys are going to try to butt fuck me. <laughs> By the way, let me tell you a story. See this well, belt right here? The ultimate Warriors wearing.
2: Yeah.
0: I tried to buy it from him.
3: Oh uh, yeah. How did that work? Did he take your money and not give you his belt?
0: He tried to sell me a
3: fake. Oh, uh, uh, fuck.
0: I called him out on it. He got mad. I bet he did. And then he tried to sell me the yellow intercontinental.
3: Yeah.
0: He had already sold it 10 years prior. I and mean, I knew that, but he didn't know that I knew that.
2: Mm.
0: So he thought I was a Mark and, uh, we had agreed to disagree and not do business. And, uh, he died about three months later. Mm. I'm not going to say that I went down to new Orleans and got a hair doll and poked holes in it or nothing. Yeah. But I will say that I used to have a doll that I had pins that I was and I'd go, <laughs>
3: Well, you know, he treated my friend, Leisha Murphy like shit too.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I got a bunch of other belts and he's dead. So
3: yeah, God rest her soul. She passed away in Oh four. Did he kill her too? Uh, no, no, he didn't kill her. She was, she had been sick, but he, uh, he had her pack. And I've told this story before. He had her pack up all her bags and leave Stanford, Connecticut and come to Arizona to be his personal, his personal assistant. And when she got there, as she was unpacking, he fired her. And she called Lois and I crying. And I said, Alicia, sweetie, I, I, I don't want to tell you I told you so because I told her not to take that job. She left the WWF for him. So there.
0: Well, you know, it's not weird that barely. I grew up on him as such a fan. And I still am a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. But the real man, Jim Helwick, boy, he was a fucking
3: turd. Yeah. He was not a good guy.
0: I don't care. You know, they got this warrior award shit. There's more to it than that too. You know,
3: I I get it. You know, try to make the best of what you can, but, uh, you're right. He was not a good guy. Although, although, and this is the same old song with Tony Schiavone. He was nice to me and he was,
0: well, he wasn't nice to me. He was a dick, but his, his wife, by the way, who's left, uh, try to deal with all the negative bullshit is a great lady and she gets a bad rap and i know some people don't like the warrior award and point out what a bad person he was nobody's ever said a bad thing about dana ever so right uh, i'm super supportive of dana and his girls but just in real life he was a dickhead to me and he was mean to your friend and he hurt bruce and let me tell you how i know he was an asshole most of all i don't know that we've ever talked about this okay but bruce says that he would go into catering and he would grab a chocolate cookie and he would crush it up and go smell it and then throw it away. And I'm going to tell you this. Friends don't let friends do that. Chocolate chip cookies.
3: You hear me? I'm with you, man. Don't fuck up a chocolate chip cookie. What? yeah. You'll throw it away. Yeah. Fuck. My little fat ass was looking for it. Fucking a man. And it had been a peanut butter cookie. Fuck. I may have jumped on these fucking back.
0: Hey, let me ask you this. If I could source a ravishing recruit robe like this, that says simply ravishing on the back yeah. and I'm not, I don't want to buy one, but if I could rent one for the weekend, right. could we get you to wear this into the bedroom with Lois live on Patreon?
3: Yes, we could. Thank you.
0: So if you know where I can get a simply ravishing robe. Sliding them DMS. at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter or message me here on Patron because we got to make this happen because I need you to walk into your bedroom and there's Lois right there. And you say what I'd like to have right now.
3: Yes, for all you fat. Oh, you're going to
0: call her fat.
3: No, I was not going to do that. I was talking to people watching along. Oh, oh, okay.
0: I was just saying, you're going to have to address Lois.
3: Okay. Okay. What I'd like to have right now would be for all you oh uh all you old all you elderly elderly inebriated face wine book Facebookers <laughs> Patron non cleaning the house uh tequila keep drinking. the dog
0: hair down
3: <laughs> while I open this robe and show you what a
0: real announcer is supposed to look like. sassafras. Now-
3: now hit my music.
0: And then, you know, we play your theme song, which we've played many times. the around show. here's the ultimate warrior acting like a fucking idiot.
3: <laughs> Not so sure it was an act. Uh, okay. So Joe Pierce said, and I, and I'll bring this up again on the email that he sent us. He said, uh, the aftermath with rude, leaving the WWF, I think it was because he didn't like the payoff from Vince. And I think you established it was a little bit more than that, right? But that yeah. was part of
0: it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the money, but it's, it's the money. It's the push. It's the creative. He just doesn't feel like, you know, and I get it. It's the same reason you left, you know?
3: Yeah. The money, the push, all that shit. Uh, and, and as I'm looking at our times here, it, it's amazing that they only have scheduled like what? 10 minutes for this match. It's the ultimate warrior. What do you expect to happen? Well, then why did then, then they shouldn't be too. Uh, surprise that business is down.
0: Well, you don't have to have a long match to be a top guy. Hey, let me ask you, I mean, look at your Goldberg matches. You fuck.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, don't say fuck. Like I say, prick. Hey,
0: okay? what about, what about your theme song?
3: Uh, what's my theme song?
0: Now hit my music and you pull out that loc- that button on a fur coat and you get to getting it to this rhythm. Yes. All on Patreon. Do you think we could have the or Shivani, film it for us?
3: No, we couldn't. Why not? Well, I've got my, I can film my own stuff here. I don't want him in the oh, bedroom. Oh, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. You don't want him in the bedroom?
3: That's right. Wow. Okay. What, are
0: y'all, what are y'all, y'all got whips and shit? What are y'all doing?
3: No. You just don't allow your kids in the bedroom. Oh. You just don't do that. Oh. Elizabeth, I'm coming to see you. Oh. Hey, you big dummy.
0: Can I give everybody a preview of what's coming? On, on Patreon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you just keep talking about the match and I'll find it.
3: Okay. All right. Head first goes Rick rude. Now remember the idea is to climb out of the cage. Ooh, doing some pretty good bumping for him there. Isn't
0: he? I'm not He's, mad at it. I'll yeah. take it.
3: Just standing there. And his interviews, too. I mean, these interviews were, like, nonsensical.
0: I mean, really, is that going to hold you back, though? Y'all had so many nonsensical shits over there. <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> the-, the best thing about The Ultimate warriors the theme song. Can we agree? Yeah.
3: I- hey,
2: you know-
3: what are you saying? Nothing native American about this.
0: What are you I talking mean, about? The big drums he's running in place. He's got friends. He's got war paint.
3: And then, 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 oh. I mean, they should have done like, Ooh, something like that. Oh, you can't do that. I mean, well, they should have, if they really wanted to make, you can't yeah. do that. The Rude's going to climb out of the cage. Right, what I was going to say a
0: minute ago, though, is we're waiting on rude to stall uh-huh. is I've convinced Tony. To do a remix of a popular hip-hop song Right So it's coming your way And some of our listeners, our younger listeners Will be in the loop on this So some of you already know what's coming But there's a rapper named 21 Savage Who got in a little bit of trouble But he's pretty popular And this song, I was like Tony, you could remix this Yeah. this would get over And Tony's exact words are what what are the twenty one savages? And I was like, What? How much money okay. you got? A lot. How many
3: problems
0: you got? I am just saying that's gonna the, a lot. That's gonna be yeah. How much heat you got? A lot. How much dog hair you got? A lot. I mean, you're gonna have fun with this. Yes, I am. How yes, many patients you got? A lot. How many kids you got? A lot. How much sperm did you shoot? A lot. It'll be hilarious. How many buffalo could you shampoo? A lot.
3: How much heat do you have with Vince? A lot.
0: How many times have you text Arn? A lot. How many many, times uh, did he text back? Not a lot.
3: (laughs) How many times did you say you like Triple H? A A lot.
0: lot. See? This would be fun.
3: How many times you beg for a job? A A lot. lot. How many
0: times you see Ric Flair's dick? A lot.
3: A couple times. (laughs) 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 I apparently saw more than most.
0: How many times you fall asleep during JJ's podcast? Every time, a lot, a lot. How many pods has Matt Coon fucked up? <laughs> All of them, a lot. Did you hear that he's lost another
3: one? No. Who did yeah. he, fu- he piss off this time? He
0: managed to fuck up Johnny Fairplay. I don't even know how that's possible. And oh, he managed to fuck up Robbie E. and Dutch Mantel
3: What the fuck?
0: He's down to uh, Vince Russo and himself. You ever hear yeah. that uh the cheese stands alone song?
3: <laughs> Do you ever think he'll look in the mirror and say, It must be me? No. Uh God.
0: How many podcasts, Matt Coon, fuck up? A lot.
3: <laughs> this match, this is bless Rick's roots heart. There ain't nothing happening in this No, match. he's
0: trying so hard. Yeah. But even as he's like trying to slowly sell that he's fighting to get this move on. Uh Warriors just like standing there being a fucking jack off. and look at the fans in the back, just like fanning themselves and like two people clapping and most everybody's heading for the doors.
3: Well, Well, you know, why why, don't you? Because again, this is, it's like we saw, like we saw earlier when we watched WrestleMania, right? I mean, it's over. Yeah. After Hogan and, uh, and the rock it's over a lot, a lot. Fans are spent by this time. A
0: lot. I'm really looking forward to you doing this. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to butcher it, but it'll be fun.
3: Uh, I mean, I, yeah. And that's kind of the part idea. of, that's the point. I, I, I've got to find the music for it. You know, oh, but. I got
0: you. You need the instrumental. You just want to freestyle right now. I'll do it right now. I'll give everybody a sample.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to freestyle. I'm going to, I'm going to write. Hey, rude's getting ready to walk out of here. No, no. he's not. He's being a dick.
0: fuck. why, 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 why I mean, but look at he, this though—he's literally standing on top of the cage. Nobody talks about that. Everybody's jacking off Superfly. Yeah. But seriously, that's badass. You damn right it was. And then when it was over, Vince gave him a bottle of Gatorade, two hundred bucks, and a couple hot dogs.
3: Never to be seen from again. He
0: went straight to Ted Turner, got that mm, payday. Sure and then
3: became, you guys
0: didn't know how to wrestle, so you broke his back.
3: Yeah, we—he well, be- he became the uh, the Halloween Phantom. That's how he uh, made his appearance. Look
0: at that. He climbed to the cage and jumped off it twice. What did ultimate warrior do? Pretended to punch him in the stomach and collapsed. How much does rude hate warrior? Oh, so they, you say no, 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 no. How much does rude hate warrior? A lot. (laughs) Oh God. How terrible does he look with that paint coming? Oh. How much did Bobby like- Heenan enjoy slinging that cage at him? <laughs> A lot. It's awesome. Look yeah. at Bobby. smiling. You know what I just realized?
3: What?
0: Everybody's dead.
3: Oh, my God. Even. Well, nobody knows who that referee is, but he's probably Yeah, dead. I was going to say it was Joe. No, hey, just- if he's not
0: dead, his career is. But the point <laughs> is, Ultimate Warrior, Rick Rude, Bobby Heenan dead. And who would have thought? When you say that out loud, if you were to go back and get in your time machine in 1990, as soon as they all come through the curtain and you said, Hey, Bobby's gonna be the last one to die,
3: you'd be like, What? Yeah, no, hmm. rude died back in the 90s,
0: yeah, 98, I think.
3: Yeah, that was no, maybe
0: good. 99. I have a pair of, uh, even though I've shit up, shit upon Jim Helwig in my studio right now as we're recording, I have a pair of ultimate warrior trunks framed on my wall.
3: Obviously you didn't buy those right from him. Did you, or did you buy them from him? Did he sell them to you?
0: No, no. We agreed to disagree. Oh my
3: gosh. Oh my God. Put yeah, that well, thing
0: away, Efren. <laughs> you
3: got, you got to have some sort of high spot in this show. So rude rolls over so everybody over, over there can see it. Oh, he didn't had to be, he had to be petrified about this. Oh, he was. Yeah. He had to be absolutely petrified about it.
0: But look at the way he sold the points. That was the biggest bump from the whole show.
3: Oh yeah. He didn't knew how to bump man. He really knew how to bump. Oh shit, Bobby. Okay. I thought he could drop him on his neck. Man, he just did a atomic drop. Oh,
0: now see what you were suggesting would require that warrior actually took a bump too. And that ain't happening. Well by the way, how much stock did Bobby Heenan own in sh- in in shine shoes? <laughs> how many floorshimes you got?
3: A lot. How many Bobby Heenan onesies do you have? A, a lot. lot.
0: How much liquor okay. do you drink tonight? A lot. Uh, a lot. What was his go to? Whiskey or vodka? It was vodka. I could have guessed that. That's sort of like the unofficial drink of wrestling,
3: though. Yeah, well, that's what he had. That's what he had in the water bottle at uh, Hog Wild.
0: You mean when you denied it before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you're now you're at yourself.
3: Well, I mean, he he obviously didn't get that way by drinking water. How much clear.
0: How much vodka you drink? A lot. You know, we have 157 gigabytes of podcasts in Google right now. What's that? We had hundred and fifty seven gigs of po- of pods in Google right now.
3: Really? That's fucking yeah. ridiculous. I know. He's probably started should stop clearing clearing that stuff out. Here he goes. He's gonna
0: get down to the bottom oh he's doing the the wiggle.
3: Oh my god. Oh. And there it is. Warriors, your winner. And look at the
0: crowd. Crowd goes mild. Mm. Uh, are they cheering because Warrior Warren or because it's fucking over? Watch the way he ah. disrespects the bell here too. The belt was just tattered. The, the leather looked like shit. There's a bar missing on the side. I think there's a wing broken That's because we're this shit like this. He just didn't take care of anything. It's like, that's cool. Right. But you can see the bar on the right missing. And look at this. That's where Seth Rollins got that shit. Don't encourage that behavior. And then bloop. Fuck it. <laughs> Jesus. Don't worry about it. It's just a prop. It's just a toy. It don't mean anything. And then look at this, and I'm going to mock you and give you no rematch. And then he's going to hold up Vince like a year later.
3: When, uh, how much longer did he hold the belt after this?
0: Uh, he lost it at the Royal rumble to Sergeant slaughter when, uh, which is the next pay-per-view, but, uh, Macho man would come down, crank him in the head with a scepter and, uh, lodge some fake jewels in his head. And, uh, that was set up the WrestleMania match. And there you go. That's the end. But I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, my favorite show of all time, SummerSlam 1990,
3: this was your favorite show of all time. When I was,
0: when I was a kid, Okay, I remember coming home from football practice and being so excited that I got to watch this and just being, this whole Hogan was my hero and then he had lost the ultimate warrior. So I was really into him and I loved them both. And that summer, well, my mom's got a picture of this and I'll put it on Patreon as long as you fucks don't put it everywhere. but okay. they, they gave me an Ultimate Warrior cake. And so there's like a picture of me like posing with this Ultimate Warrior cake. So like the Ultimate Kid or some shit that my mom thought was cute, but it was like awesome. So I was all into it. So now my two favorite guys here, my, old, my favorite Ultimate Warrior is going to be in a cage match. And now my, my real favorite, my OG favorite, Hulk Hogan is coming back to avenge the guy who squished him so it was awesome. I, I just absolutely love this pay-per-view as a kid. And now I grew up and I'm like, boy, I was a little dumb shit, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Uh, how much fun did I have watching this today? Well, a lot, there you go. And uh, yeah. we hope you guys are having a lot of fun watching with us. We can't thank you enough. You know, we know we wait till the very end of the month to do these because we think that it's more fun that way. I'll be honest. It gives you something to look forward to and build anticipation and hopefully you're telling your friends how much you're digging, what we're doing. And if you haven't already, you ought to consider uh, being one of our low key big Hawks because Tony has really been stressed out about what all we're going to do for you guys here in a couple of weeks. Uh, he wants to over deliver. We're going to bring you a lot of value. We want to have a fun time and and I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, you'll consider joining us and we really appreciate all the support at no matter what level you're doing it. Uh, because it's crazy that any of this is even happening and the idea that Tony's back at wrestling and that you guys helped make it happen is, is pretty remarkable. So thank you for your support and thank you for joining us here on Patrone And Tony, when I look at my clock, I feel like it's uh, about that time.
3: Yeah, we're just about at that time, uh, Conrad, and I just want to let everybody know that if, whether you're a low key big hog or whether you're a glass spot, boat rider, a member of the hot dog express, a hot tag express, hot dog, what are you doing <laughs> over there? Uh, uh, or regardless of what level you're on. Speaking for Conrad Thompson, we love you. And we love you, Conrad, right?
0: A lot. Okay, I thought I was supposed to say Patron. But then again, he said fucking hot dog.
2: We're out of time. We desperately got to go. The hot dog machines are rolling.
3: (laughs) Uh, Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. We've been talking about Blue Chew for wow since WHW was created. That's because Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. And here's the key, at a fraction of the cost. It's very simple, you sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's done online. So no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex. We've got a special deal for our listeners as we come to you from the Blue Chew studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code, WHW at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code WHW to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank blue chew as always for sponsoring what happened when.
0: All right, boys and girls. Now we're ready to talk about our second piece of bonus content. That's right. It's a double header here on what happened when. And we're going to show you something that Tony never saw. As you probably recall, he didn't watch wrestling from March 26, 2001, until January of 2017. So that meant he missed SummerSlam 2001. As you may recall, this is one month after the Invasion pay per view. So we're knee deep in the Invasion. And what we're going to be watching today is the Brothers of Destruction. That's right, Kane and the Undertaker taking on DDP and Canyon. Who better than Canyon in a cage match? We did this bonus episode. Man, I think it was a couple September's ago. It was originally suggested to us by Brian Downs of San Antonio, Texas, who wrote, "To be honest, this one wasn't that hard." I've always wanted you and Conrad to cover SummerSlam 2001. The invasion was in full effect by that point. Austin had defected to WCW, and the WWF Championship DDP was in full stalker mode for the wife of the Undertaker. And Booker T the now five time WCW champ was set to face off against the rock for the WCW championship. I would love to have you and Conrad discuss the tag team match between Kane and the undertaker and of course, DDP and Canyon DDP got so effing buried by the WWE that it was ridiculous. In fact, most of the WCW talent got buried big time characters that were connected, were done away with, and the commentary team, namely Jr took every chance to run down the WCW talent. If you have time or desire, I would also love to see you guys cover the rock and Booker T match on the plus side. Yes. Booker gets to have a big match with the rock on the negative side. Rock just came back from doing the scorpion King and Booker was doing his thing every chance he could. In my opinion, just my opinion, the whole angle was done poorly and was a way to say we tried again, just my opinion. Listen, I totally agree with that, man. I think that, uh, there's a million different ways we've could have done the invasion and have been more successful. Uh, and if you can't get enough of that sort of could have, would have, should have fantasy booking for the invasion, take a listen to the new show. We just did with Eric Bischoff for over on 83 weeks. We sort of fantasy booked the invasion. What Eric would have done differently. Uh, man, I think a lot of people uh, have different opinions on there, but we came up with a pretty good idea. And I think you'll dig about maybe how the NWO could have added a little spice to this. Uh, we really appreciate all of your support. Hope you guys will consider checking us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Uh, we do some live watch alongs over there and at least two pieces of bonus content each and every month, some special stuff you can't get anywhere else from Tony Schiavone and man, he is uh, burning the candle at both ends, but we do intend to record this weekend. We're going to have it to you coming sooner rather than later. A brand new piece of content. But for today, let's finish up our doubleheader, man. And let's talk about what could have been with the invasion with a Tony Schiavone who has never seen it before. SummerSlam 2001 on deck right here on WHW.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to
2: the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett, for Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun me the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Tactics, Turner, Borden, Mid-South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and First North, they win, look, Shavani's back again, world title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order and the Crow, Russo, Arcad Champ, Vinnie Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch a long try not to laugh. Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom like a good-looking man. Quad-like bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened
3: when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson.
0: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to
2: What Happened When
0: on Patron, and we are fired the fuck up today, Tony. What's going on, man? How are you?
3: (laughs) I'm
2: I'm, I'm fucking great. Woo! I'm here to style and profile and watch SummerSlam 2001,
3: daddy. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Well, here
0: we are on Patron. One of our low-key big hogs are uh, easy for me to say big socks. That's what they say. Chat me yeah. up here, Tony. What's this snapdick's
3: name? Uh, Brian Downs is with us. Well, Brian, and, uh, Brian... Downs
0: is going to be joining us in just a little bit. Yeah. And he's going to tell you why he picked SummerSlam 2001. And Tony, I'm excited to watch this because your wrestling hate and ass was not watching in August of 2001. True or false?
3: That's uh, true. In August of 2001, you know what I was doing? Jack off. I, well, maybe, but I probably not the time this thing aired, but I was sitting at home saying, you know what? Fuck wrestling. Fuck Vince McMahon. Fuck Conrad Thompson. Fuck everybody.
0: Well, you had already gotten all that Turner money. You were still getting checks to sit at home and be a jack off, right?
3: Exactly. I was getting, I was getting checks for 18 months after we went out of business.
0: Imagine being so bad at your job that they would be like, you know what? We will pay you just not to come in anymore. (laughs) If we, if we could just get you to just stop coming in here and fucking things up, our lives would be a lot easier. So if you can promise us that if we pay you as if you were here, you will not come in, please promise us. You won't come in. Then we can keep going business as usual. But if you fuck around, show your face around here again, you're going to fuck the whole thing up. And it's just better for us. We just pay you to sit the fuck at home and play in the dog air and Play with that little Peter. That's about the size of it. There you go. You're welcome, boys and girls. I just summed up Tony Schiavone's existence. Hey, you're going to get a buyout from MLW one day. You think, you think they're just going to say, you know what? You're like a college football coach and we appreciate your services, but just go on home and check those direct deposits, but please leave.
3: No, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, things have changed in my life since then. I I, I do want to let you know that. I did not watch wrestling during this era because boy, if I try to be serious here, you're going to, going to shit on us. it. Hurts but your I was trying to, what? It hurts your feelings. No, you don't hurt my feelings. No,
0: no. It hurts your feelings that it was moving on without you. It was such a big part of your life. And now nobody's returning a call. I mean, you're just out on your ass. You're Bruce Pritchard.
4: Well,
3: I, I guess as you could say that I, I, Maybe they did hurt my feelings a little bit, but I also knew, and and Lois Lois told me this too. Lois said, now's your chance to do something else besides wrestling. You've gotten this great opportunity in your life. Make the best out of it. So I was making the best out of it. I was already hired. I I was hired by WSB Radio. I got a job at WSB Radio two hours after we closed our offices in March. Uh, It wasn't a full-time job. It became a full-time job in 2003. But by August of 19th, I was, uh, I was covering Braves. I was working for the Atlanta Braves radio network and I was doing some things. And, uh, hell, I may have been at, uh, I may have been at Turner field on this day, uh, covering the Atlanta Braves for WSB radio and the Braves radio network. So, so I, in my life, I, I thought, man, I'm going to get back into baseball. I'm going to get in the major leagues. Fuck wrestling. Fuck it. Man, Absolutely. you're being very, very mean. no. Uh, no, I'm not. What, let, let me ask you, this was Eric Bischoff a part of what was going on?
0: No, not by at this point, time? no, he's still, he's still sitting at the house as well. Yeah.
3: See that always kind of, and you, you may say, you know, uh, this, uh, you were, you were all pissed off about this. It really blew me away that Eric Bischoff and in meetings with the boys would say that he want to, would want to drive a stake to Vince McMahon's heart. Literally want to do that. And then he would get a job and I, and, and I wouldn't that, that kind of, that was a head scratcher. Then of course I, you know, I did call my good friend, Michael PS Hayes, ask him to help me out. And as you know, Michael Hayes ain't good for fuck all, uh, except, you know, wearing pink at a fucking wedding and looking like a fucking idiot. Uh, so, uh, he didn't help me out.
0: By the way, since we've been on the, uh, on the horn here, my, uh, Google Chrome crashed. How about that shit? Did it really? It did. Uh, I feel like I just pulled a Bruce Pritchard on you. What I was trying to do is pull up the schedule and see if the Braves even had a game that day. And what do you know? They did. Glavin was pitching. How about that? Talk about the good old days. Glavin back when y'all had actually players over there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, hang on a second to win the, uh, the national league East again.
0: Yeah, dude. That's cool, man. That's real cool.
3: Yeah. Tom, Tom and I became, uh, uh, Became very not. I wouldn't say very good friends. We became friends, and uh, we hung out together a little bit. And uh, Tom's one of the class guys in all of baseball. Really is. Then wh-
0: how is he friends with you? <laughs> You're friends with the guys par- who eat parking lot panties. You're not friends with class guys. You're friends with no, me. No,
3: no. Look, look, man. I, I'm I'm part of I'm part of the baseball community here.
0: You know. Oh, you are. Yeah. Are we, we going to talk about SummerSlam 2001? Are you just going to keep talking
3: about your sad, non-wrestling life? <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I'm going to, well, it, this is kind of all of I, Let's bring in now here, uh, uh, Brian Downs. Uh, and, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, hear what Brian Downs has to say and why he picked this match or the show. It's like I'm listening to the podcast. Well, you are buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You absolutely are. Brian, uh, thanks for being with us, man. We appreciate you. We really do.
5: Well, Tony, thank you so much. And Conrad, thank you for bringing Tony back to pro wrestling after 15 years. Hiatus. We really do appreciate that.
0: Well, thanks for uh, supporting us here. We're, uh, we're blessed and honored to have you, you know, supporting us and, you know, your patronage here on Patron really means the world to Tony and I, and, it's pretty cool that we get to catch up with you guys and talk about what you enjoyed and what you want us to cover and want to give you what you want. So hopefully you're feeling that right now.
5: I am very much. um, You know, Tony was the voice that I started my pro wrestling journey on. I didn't become a fan until the year 2000. And, you know, I switched between WWF and WCW and no offense, Bruce, but WWF looked like overproduced Hollywood horse shit. And so, (laughs) yeah, And so turn to the WCW, and there's no way anybody could write that bullshit, so that had to be real. <laughs> oh, is that true or what? Yeah. So um, so today, Tony, I wanted to see, I wanted you to see where you're not willing to lose 20 pounds did to DDP.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we're going to go back. Uh,
5: based, uh, uh,
3: it, it's 40 now, by the way, Brian.
5: Oh, it's 40. You're very good. How about that?
3: Uh, we're going to go back and take a look at part of SummerSlam 2001 because this was part of the, uh, I don't know, the invasion angle, I guess, right?
5: Yes, sir, it was. It was part of the invasion angle. It was the second pay-per-view since the invasion started, not including King of the Ring because Booker T came out at the end of that. They had an invasion in July. And SummerSlam in 2000. Now, Bruce Prichard can say that, oh, they want to do the best all they wanted to. But a couple of creative decisions here and there could have actually changed the way the fans saw this program go. Uh, They took one of the top four stars that WCW ever made, DDP, and made him a motherfucking stalker. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Because number one's Goldberg. Nobody can dispute that. Right. Two or three could be Sting or Booker T, depending upon who you – depending upon depending the day, upon the of, the day week. of the week. But number four has to be DDP. So you had two of the biggest stars in WCW that you brought over. Not counting Buff Bagwell because he's buffed the fucking stuff Bagwell. I, no. Um, and they neutered everybody. They just did. They were in Tacoma, Washington, and the first WCW match was Booker T versus Buff. No, 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 no. no. The the week after, they were going to be in Atlanta, so why not do it then? Uh, But in this match, in SummerSlam, it's the end of the stalker angle. It's Undertaker and Kane in a steel cage versus DDP and Canyon, where both tag team titles, WCW and WWE, are at stake.
3: Well, Brian, it sounds to me like you could have been a booker, buddy.
5: Well, I was 22 at the time and I didn't know where to apply, nor do I know where to now. So, yeah. you know. Stay out
3: of the business. It's, it's best for you. <laughs> it's, it's best for your livelihood. Am I right, Conrad?
0: Yeah, stay out. It's easier just to stay
3: out. <laughs> yeah, see, because he's gotten to the business with StarCast now and now he's like, oh, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. You were great. But uh, Le- Brian is from. San Antonio. San Antonio. Takes, yeah, yes, tell us what you do in San Antonio, Brian.
5: Well, like yourself, I wear multiple hats. I uh-huh. work at one of the biggest companies in town, USAA, and then at night, I actually work in radio. Uh, that's the reason this call is happening as late as it is, because I just pr- finished producing a live-to-tape radio show. Right. And I'll produce another live-to-tape radio show tomorrow, and then I'll help right. with football on Friday, because I don't know how to sleep, apparently.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and I, I know you'd like to uh, you'd like to give Conrad your well wishes of course this is going to air here in the month of September right and of course in the month of October as you know he is getting married and uh, yes and it, and the free time that he enjoys with me and Bruce and Eric Bischoff may not be as easy to come in October as it is now
5: right and so Conrad, congratulations on marrying into one of the best families of professional wrestling as dysfunctional <laughs> as it may be <laughs>
0: Well, let me tell you, it could be worse. It could be marrying into the fucking Shivani family.
5: <laughs> Wait, that means you ought to have to pay for another wedding, Tony. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, well, Brian, uh, like
3: Conrad said, we appreciate you, man. We really do. And, and oh, thanks I for being, being with us. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed everything we've done. And we got more coming your way, too, as well. And uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us.
5: Oh, no problem, Tony. It's been my pleasure. Conrad, again, thank you so much for everything you do for the For us guys who like the older stuff, I am a listener to all three podcasts and I'm a patron of all three podcasts.
0: Well, well. liking the younger stuff will get you in jail. So stick to the older (laughs) stuff, man. We appreciate your support. (laughs) Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Well, manscaped is here to ensure that your body is ready for the wild with their game changing full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin powers, chest hair. And man, if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code WHW manscaped is dedicated to bringing you increased confidence, helping you level up that full body grooming game. It all happens with the performance package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0. It's exactly what you need. It's a waterproof cordless body trimmer, and you've got a ton of other liquid formulations to help you round out the grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the um, <clears throat> treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. The trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on loose skin and to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. You can even trim an arrow pointing down to the promised land if you're bold enough. Inside the performance package, you'll also find the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we all know how painful chafing can be, especially if you're in the bathing suit for a long time. How about nose hairs? Man, nobody likes nose hairs. That's why you need the Weed Whacker 2.0. You also get two free gifts here, the shed travel bag and some boxers from Manscaped. You're going to love Hey, if you're rocking the sandals this summer, you need to check out the Shears 2.0 nail kit. You see, having the right tools for the job is essential. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code WHW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code WHW at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles.
5: Thank you, Conrad. You have a good night. Thanks, man. You too.
0: It's time for us to fire up SummerSlam 2001. And by now, you know that we're going to be covering the cage match right in the middle of SummerSlam 2001. A pretty interesting cage. We've got the Brothers of Destruction taking on DDP. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. And who better than Canyon? And uh, this is going to be interesting to say the least. So let's have everybody go ahead and fire up your WWE network right now, August 19th, 2001. We've established that Tony Giovanni was calling baseball that day for the Braves, Tom Glavin was on the mound, but walking through the backstage area right now, the brothers of destruction and Sarah, give everybody a time. cue. tell them where we are. Count us down.
3: Okay. The time queue is one hour, 27 minutes and 23 seconds. That's one twenty seven twenty three, and get ready to hit play in three. To one play. So here comes Kane and the undertaker with Sarah in the background. And, uh, this was in the midst, as we heard from Brian downs in the midst of the, the takeover, right?
0: Yeah. The, uh, the invasion as they call the it. And right. you saw the undertaker and Kane actually wearing WCW tag team titles. And I wanted you to see this. So this is the stalker angle. You may not be familiar, but even though DDP has a smoking hot wife, he is somehow obsessed with undertaker's wife and spying on his homestead and looking after the wife gardening and playing with the dogs and brushing her hair. And of course his wife's name is Sarah. Sarah is tattooed across the neck of the undertaker here, and DDP is just filming him in all these different spots, and Bruce Pritchard has told us that he actually shot a lot of this because the WWE guys couldn't help themselves but shoot it more professionally. And Vince wanted a more gritty look and unprofessional look. And when you think of unprofessional, you think of Bruce Pritchard. And here we see a shrine where he's got built to the undertaker's wife, Sarah. And now here's the undertaker talking to his brother that he once thought was dead and burned alive, but now he's back again. Kane, you following me so far?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm following you so far. Now the undertaker goes in and he sees the shrine and, and I get this, not a bad angle. So this was uh this was a Bruce Pritchard production. Huh?
0: Not a bad angle. My ass. This is horseshit. Everybody hates this. Oh, really? Yeah. Because here's the deal. This is DDP's first foray into the company. And instead of you're bringing him in and he's working with undertaker and that's great but the stalker angle i mean listen i hate to poke holes in it and i don't mean to be that guy but if you're ddp and you got this smoke show wife you're not stalking undertaker's wife or anybody's wife
3: well you you know what we're doing here don't you what's that we are showing vince mcmahon is showing everybody that his women are more beautiful than wcw's women
0: well he's also showing you that his performers are bigger i mean you've got Undertaker and Kane, two of the absolute biggest stars, main eventers anywhere in the country here with DDP and Canyon, no disrespect to Canyon, but Canyon was clearly not on DDP's level, but the way they've been positioned for years is that Kane and the Undertaker individually are monsters. And now here they are as WCW tag team champions. The idea that Kane and the Undertaker were WCW tag team champions is a little weird to say the least, but. Welcome to the invasion boys and girls. We're in San Jose at SummerSlam and your announcers are good old JR and Paul Heyman. And the cage is coming down as who better than Canyon. And you see him sporting the WCW tag team title made by Joe Marshall, as well as the WWF tag team title. I'm sorry, the U S title made by Joe Marshall for WCW. And then the uh, world tag team title also made by Joe Marshall. And here comes DDP. These guys are the WWF tag team champs, not the WCW tag team champs. You following me so far here?
3: Yeah, I'm following you so far. I, I'm uh, first of all, I'm kind of looking at the, this new, this WCW logo that they've created. Uh, I, I just saw ECW in there as well. And I'm taking a look at this kind of, uh, these oblong, uh, oval backgrounds Boy, this looks shitty. Well, anyway,
0: you prefer, so th- you prefer the exploding vagina. Look, of no, WCW. No, that no, was, those are your words, of course, not mine.
3: Yeah. Right. Uh, no, no, I don't. So they're checking out the cage. They're getting ready to go in. So this invasion angle did not last long. Right. I mean, you have to educate me here. Cause I didn't follow it back then. How long did, when the, when did they find, when did the WWE, this was SummerSlam 2001, August 19th, 2001. When did WWE and Vince said, ah, I've had enough of the shit. You know,
0: by November, it was done, done.
3: Okay. And do you think it's because it wasn't, uh, wasn't a good angle or you think Vince had all along said, fuck it.
0: No, I think it was, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to do what they could as soon as they could. And I think this is one of those deals where they should have waited to me. You wait until you've got Goldberg, you wait until you've got sting, you wait until you've got. Scott Hall or Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair, but they did this without any of those guys. So when your top guy is really DDP, and I don't mean that ugly, but your two top guys are DDP and Booker T and then everything after that is almost secondary. They tried to add some star power in there with ECW, but really the biggest star they had from the ECW side, because Taz was no longer in the ring here is, or he was working his way out rather is uh, Rob Van Dam. And Rob Van Dam was a big guy and I could see you, you know, putting him on the team and certainly DDP and Booker T should have been on the team. But to me, you needed a sting or a Goldberg or a Kevin Nash or a Scott Hall or both. Right. But if you had, you know, Booker T and DDP and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Goldberg. Okay. Now you've got a real WCW team. Or if you've got Ric Flair and DDP and Booker T and Hall and Nash or whatever, you've got something, but that's not what they did. And of course, Vince, you know, would say, well, we don't know when we're going to get them. And just a couple of months, you know, after the first of the year, here comes the return of the NWO February of Oh two Hogan, Hall, and Nash are back. And so this is in August. So it's less than six months later and they're all there. So if they would have waited just one year, Flair Hogan, Hall, and Nash all would have been there, but Vince didn't make that call. He wanted to do it now with what he had, and it was the drizzling
3: shits. And you know what? I I think that uh, he didn't. Uh, it didn't bother him. It was the drizzling shits.
0: No, it definitely uh, bothered. I mean, it had to. He left money on the table. You know what's interesting too is these guys are supposed to be badasses, the WCW guys, and you could just see it on their faces. They're deathly afraid of the Undertaker. And Kane, and instead of them closing it behind them, undertakers closing the cage itself. Like, Hey, I can't wait to get locked in here with these guys. And here's Sarah, who, by the way, Sarah, I don't know that I've told you this before, Sarah listed her wedding dress where she married the undertaker on eBay. Have I told you that before?
3: Uh, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah. She listed it on eBay and I couldn't help myself. I made an offer. Wow. First of all, who sells a wedding dress on eBay? Second of all, who sells a wedding dress on eBay, leveraging her celebrity ex-husbands? Celebrity.
3: Uh, so they're, they're, they're not married any longer. No, I no, take it. No,
0: he's now with Michelle McCool.
3: Okay. So, so he, uh, uh maybe by putting her dress on, uh, eBay, that's he, what. He didn't. She put it up. After, after the divorce. Yes. Okay.
0: And I was thinking, I, and thinking. I made
3: an offer. Did you win it?
0: No, she did not accept my offer. It was $7, a can of Hormel chili and an unsigned birthday card. And man, I would have, she responded and said, is this serious? And I said, yes. And it's cash.
3: I, for a can of Hormel chili, man, I would have. And I here's the,
0: here's the thing too, as you know, an unsigned birthday card, it's mm-hmm. a gift that keeps on giving. You can use that over and over.
3: Right. Absolutely. You can.
0: You see DDP slugging it out with Undertaker here.
3: Yeah. You know, DDP had a different look here too, didn't he? I, I mean, I, his hair was cut differently.
0: Well, he was like that at the end of WCW. You just weren't paying attention. That's when you throwing your hands up and just Shivani. Yeah.
3: Okay. We're still, we're still going there, aren't we? Still calling it a Shivani where you don't oh, give No, my,
0: that's my apologies. I called it the wrong thing. That's when you Tony shivani
3: uh, okay. I yeah. don't want,
0: I don't want to lump in Matt or some fine human being like that.
3: <laughs> oh my God. So now let me ask you this. Is this like a, uh, Texas tornado, all four men in the ring at the same time match? What's going on here?
0: Yes. It's a cage match.
3: Well, it's a cage match, but still I I've seen tag team matched in a cage where you have tags.
0: Yeah. That was 1985. This is 2001.
3: Okay. There you go. Send him one, two. Who's the referee here? One of the uh, Armstrong's.
0: You know, I can't tell. I need to look what's interesting. No, definitely not. I forget okay. that guy's name, but I should know it.
3: That might be young ass Brian Hefner. Wow. How about that? So, uh, you know, uh, we, w- something we always do on our podcast here. We take note of the fans. Uh, they don't give a shit about this match, do they?
0: Nope. Nobody cared about the invasion by this point. It was already done. It started in July. It was done by August. It was dead. Dater wow. than Kelsey's nuts, than a plate of piss or whatever yep. else. Jim Cornette likes to say.
3: Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, in a cage match and you got undertaker and you got Kane. I mean, they're not even popping for the big foot right there.
4: Look at that.
0: Well, and here's why. DDP is cannon fodder here just by mere association with Canyon. And that's not popular. And I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead. And I love Canyon's innovation. I love the Mortis character. I love how hard he worked. I appreciate his contributions to the business. However, right. this feels like a Sunday night heat match when he's in here with undertaker and Kane. It just right. does. And so when you see that DDP has Canyon as a tag team partner, everybody already knows the finish. Why are we getting excited? People are just waiting for it to come. It's like, when Alabama plays anybody from the SEC, they're like, okay, well, we know Alabama's destroying them. Right. And we just get to, we hurry up and get to the end so we can see how bad it is and to see if they covered or not. Right. Well, that's what this is. This is Alabama versus Ole Miss right now.
3: Wow. And Ole Miss scored first, and that was about it.
0: Yeah. So DDP that's got a clothesline in, and now Undertaker's right. like, okay, that's all you get. Now I'm going to squash that's you a, yeah. like a sumbitch.
3: It's, it's also kind of akin to, uh, Stevie Ray being in war games. Like we just recently saw same, same,
0: man, choke slam from hell. All right, man. You know, listen, Kenyon is one of those unsung heroes in wrestling. I know we were just sort of equating him to an underneath guy because he was, but you really want to talk about his work, dude. He made that choke slam look like ungodly.
3: Oh yeah. That, that's, that's a good point. That that's a point that we. That we don't talk about enough. We talk about, oh man, look at the great move, but you got to be able to be able to take those great moves and look what Canyon's taking here.
0: Somebody's got to be willing to, I mean, listen, he didn't power bomb him on his own. He had some help and somebody has got to be willing to help make him. Hey, somebody has got to help hurt themselves. That's really what this is. You know? Right. Hey, I'm going to help you hurt me. What? Right. I mean, that really is what it takes to be a really good seller like that. And that's not even the right word and word I should use, but you know what I mean, just sure. I think Arn Anderson likes the word carpenter, right? And that's what Canyon can do, man. Canyon can get in there and make anybody look devastating and he's doing it here. That's for sure.
3: I go back to, and we've seen it already here. I go back to a choke slam. It takes two to make a good choke slam. You have to be able to go up with the person. And not be dead weight for the choke slam to have effect now coming down. It's all the guy, but it's you going up and, uh, that's that, uh, t- take a look at Canyon here and Kane Canyon trying to fight him off. Kane tries. I don't know if he will get the running power bomb in or not, but. And there's two guys sleep. Wow. Innovator of offense right there, man. Rocker
0: dropper type maneuver right off the top
3: rope. Something huh. else. So obviously, uh, yeah, th- this invasion, everybody knew that the w- WCW guys are not going to beat The Undertaker and Kane. Well, and knew
0: and in fairness, if this was Hall and Nash versus Kane and The Undertaker, I yeah. think people might be like, I don't know. This could go either yeah. way. You know, if it's Goldberg right. and Sting, well, right. it could be either way. For that matter, it could be Booker T and DDP. And I still think people would have said, well, maybe. Right. But I mean, Scott Steiner's not here yet, but he's coming. Rick Flair's not here yet, but he's coming. There's just so many WCW guys who aren't coming yet, but hey, we got Canyon. And in this match, who better than Canyon? Well, almost everyone. <laughs> but look at the dangerous situation the Undertaker's in. Let's appreciate this. A 300 pound dude just holding on to a cable. Right. With, with boots that are slick on the bottom. There's no right. grips. Just hoping for the best. On top of the
3: cage, dude. Right. And, and, and as a result, the fans are kind of getting into it because they realize the danger of what's going on here.
0: Well, because they've seen the undertaker throw motherfuckers off the top of cages and they, and if you've been watching WCW, you've seen Canyon get thrown off the top of cages. And how about a chain up there at the top, but somehow Canyon escapes.
3: Wow. Now, uh, you know, the old days in, in, in the WWE, you escape the cage, you won. Well, uh, in, that's in fairness,
0: uh, who cares if he won, they're going to brutalize DDP. That's the story here.
3: Okay. All right. So he leaves DDP out to dry and they've had enough of DDP and the stalker anger, so they're going to beat the fuck out of him. Okay. Hmm. And so Canyon took the powder and Canyon's done. He's not coming back in.
0: Well, yeah. The story is you've got to get both guys to escape. So the alliance is technically winning the match right now because Canyon's out, and if DDP can
3: escape, they're done. Right, and we even saw. I I get it now. I'm, I'm, I get the rules now. The The Undertaker even said, uh, told Kane, "Let him leave, because we want Diamond Dallas Page." I got it. Look at him fight back, man. And the fan's still not into it. Nothing. Well, I mean, at this point, nothing. it's
0: a fucking beat down. What do you expect? Yeah.
3: Well, this kind of represents, this is kind of, uh, in capsules, uh, WCW and WWE, right? WWCW? Who was that?
0: Where did they <laughs> do? No,
3: it kind of represents world championship wrestling and the world wrestling federation world championship wrestling, getting their ass handed to them right here in the cage.
0: Well, Except just like the
3: promotion did, except
0: for those 83 weeks. I mean, you guys just slaughtered them then to me though, here's the deal. What the fuck do I know? But to me, DDP needs to catch undertaker with a diamond cutter
3: right now. Right. Well, I tell you what, you know, everybody knows what, you know, motherfucker. It's a well, well sung story here on this podcast but you are the motherfucking promoter of the year and you would have done this differently and you would have done it the correct way. That's the, that's the, the truism in this podcast right here. That is,
0: well, I don't know you about that. I
3: would not have put, yeah, same. look,
0: now he's saying, no, let him go.
3: Yeah. All right. So they're arguing here a little bit.
0: No, they're letting him go. Saying, you know, you guys can be unified tag team champs. We don't care.
3: Yeah. Well then maybe they do. Wow.
0: Chokeslam from the
3: top rope. Yeah. Pretty good bump.
0: Should have been a diamond cutter. Yeah. That'd have been good. I mean, here's my thing. Let him get a little bit of offense and let him diamond cut fucking Kane here and then let Undertaker beat his ass. But no, it's just, by the way, I guess we should mention, as if this burial of DDP wasn't enough, they actually have his wife, Sarah beat him once, uh, in this match. No, they, they had another match. She beat him. Oh, they had l-
3: Wow. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> That's called the last ride. It's a power bomb from hell.
3: Holy shit.
0: Wow. And look at All polite right.
3: clapping from the crowd. Yeah. And the crowd goes mild. So I take it that, uh, Booker T did not beat rock on this night either. Now, why
0: would you guess silly things like that?
3: <laughs> okay. Just to guess. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. So there's, uh, that's part of our, the invasion. Uh, and, and again, Brian, we appreciate you, uh, you coming up with this. Uh, and, and again, it's just uh, synonymous with, uh, the WWF beating the fuck out of WCW. That's what this is all about. I bought it. I put it out of business. And now I'm going to beat the fuck out of any of their guys who think they are superstars. No. <laughs> but it can't be all bad. DDP has got a face full of boobs right now.
0: Hypothetically speaking. Were you a Sarah guy or a Kimberly guy?
3: Oh, obviously I was a Kimberly guy.
0: Of course. Yeah. Do you remember Kimberly's last name? Bacon. Do you know Sarah's last name before she
3: got married? Uh pork rind. Ham. Are you serious? No. Made it up. Okay. I knew something, I knew something fucked up and silly was going to come out of there and there's the rock. And that's the end of what we've got to do here in this show.
0: Our next partner is a G one, the daily foundational nutritional supplements that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. And I gave it a try because my wife knew that if I was going to do it and then it actually tastes good, I was not a fan of taking pills and vitamins. And I started doing a G one, just one scoop every morning. My wife does it before she uh, makes her coffee and man, it just makes me feel sharper throughout the rest of the day. And I drank it and I made it a daily habit. And since I've been drinking it, I can tell you that I'm sleeping better. I feel like I've got more clarity. I feel like I'm more effective at work and covering my nutritional basis for the day literally just couldn't be any easier. That's why we trust a G one. We just mix one small scoop and a cup of water and that's it. Every morning we're done. I also want to point out that it's very affordable. It's like um, your daily nutritional insurance, if you will. It's going to improve your digestion. You're going to see more sustained energy. You're going to have better mental clarity and focus. It just checks all the boxes. And uh, we should also mention that a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. And that's why we recommend you try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go right now to drinkag1.com/whw. That's drinkag1.com/whw. Check it out drinkag1.com/whw. All right, that'll do it boys and girls. Before we get out of here, I just want to put a bug in your ear. You know, listen, I love talking about old wrestling, but my real passion It's helping people get out of apartments and into a new house. I mean, I really love helping people consolidate their debt, pay off their house and their debt faster. I mean, that's the name of the game. Can we get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments? I think we can. And I just want to be honest with you. Interest rates are higher right now, not just on mortgages, but on everything else. And if you're carrying a credit card balance, it's not a matter of if I can save you money, it's a matter of how much. And let me explain. Most credit cards are somewhere between 18 and 28%. Heck, I saw one the other day that was 33%. You know, you can do better than that. If you feel stuck and you're making those minimum payments, there's never been a better time to combine that debt than right now. And let me explain home values are staying steady. And what that means is you've probably got more equity than you ever imagined And the interest you pay on your mortgage is tax deductible. Whereas the interest you pay on your credit cards, not only is it astronomically higher, it's also not tax deductible. So if you can get a cheaper monthly payment and a better rate and pay your debt off faster. And do it with cheaper monthly payments. Why wouldn't you do that? We can help you do that at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. You just need to let us run the numbers. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life. There's a reason that we've got more than a thousand five-star reviews. Read them for yourself over at conradreviews.com and know that we've got an a plus rating with the BBB. You don't get that by not taking care of your customers. We know how to save you money. I also want to put a bug in here. If you've been thinking about buying a house. I want you to overcome that fear i want you to understand what i'm saying here you can get a better deal right now than you could have in the last several years you see a few years ago when rates were really really low there was a huge buyer pool it was what's known as a seller's market you would hear people saying you're going to have to offer more than the asking price it's going to have to be all cash you can't have an appraisal contingency you can't have an inspection contingency Meaning. Hey, this house might not appraise and oh, by the way, it might have problems, but just go ahead and give us 50,000 over what we think it's really worth. That was crazy. Don't get caught up in that. Let me explain. Yes. The buyer pool is lower now. What does that mean for you? It means that you are going to have a higher interest rate for a while, but let's be honest. If you have a mortgage right now, have you had it 30 years? Nobody really keeps their mortgage 30 years. That almost never happens. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a single digit thing Percentage wise, most folks, man, they refinance their needs change and you and everybody else will refinance when the rates improve. So I'm saying all that to say date, the rate marry the house, the buyer pool is a lot smaller right now, meaning there's less competition, meaning you don't have to get stuck overpaying. and said more plainly, you can get a really good deal, you see, it's not uncommon that we see prices are actually more negotiable than they used to be. It's not only no longer a circumstance where you have to overpay for the house, you can actually get a discount. So if they would come off that price a little bit, and then you refinance in a couple of years, buddy, it's a win-win. Sure. Your payment will be a little higher, but for how long and by how much hypothetically, if it was an extra $200 a month and you held on to that thing for two years, you're talking about less than $5,000 that you would have paid extra. Does that make sense? 200 times 24 payments. That's 4,800 bucks. But if they'd knock $15,000 off the price, you just made some money. Let us show you how to do this. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket, but there are good deals to be had in real estate right now. And now's the time to buy when rates improve home prices are going way back up and all this negotiable stuff that's happening. That's over. Now's the time to act. You can get a great deal on your current house. And you can get an even better deal on your next house. We can help you do it at save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084. That'll do it for us here on what happened when. Sorry for getting long-winded about mortgages. I'm just passionate about helping people. And I see a lot of opportunity and a lot of great deals happening right now all around us. Don't miss this opportunity. Rates are going to improve. Almost every expert agrees. Now we don't know when. Maybe it's six months from now. Maybe it's 18 months from now, but it's coming. And you can take advantage of that right now at save with Conrad.com. We'll be back next week with Tony Schiavone and brand new content. In the meantime, there's tons of great stuff behind the paywall over at patreon.com forward slash whw Monday. Check it out. I think you'll be glad you did. And we'll see you right here next week on what happened when with the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley
4: here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while
3: now about all the cool things happening over on
4: adfreeshows.com.
5: We recently celebrated the 25 year anniversary of the biggest nitro of all time when Goldberg faced Hollywood Hogan at the Georgia Dome.
3: Eric, alongside the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan and the living legend Larry Zbysko, joined
5: AdFree Shows members live to relive it.
1: Yeah, Well, you can't fire me now, so I'll tell you the truth. I don't, think, I don't think anything can beat that. That was the ultimate. I mean, they broke the decibel record, the roof blew off the place. It, it was amazing. It was totally amazing.
4: Speaking of the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan joins AdFreeShows.com, starting this July
3: with a brand new mailbag series, Tuesday with the Taskmaster. Answering your
5: questions each and every week.
1: I have over 50 years of experience in the wrestling business, and I'm happy to be on this platform with Conrad. So send in your letters, you got a question, I can go back even past 50 years, and I'm a wrestling historian. So anything you wanna know, we'll try to deliver
3: that's just a small taste a sampling if you will of what
1: we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from see for yourself why ad free shows is the best value in wrestling
2: today sign up now at adfreeshows.com